Premiership Perusal Podcast presents Lads on Tour. You never know when where time goes, because now we're at the final. Now we're recording live. We're recording live <laughs> with the final of the Euro 2020, 2021 here. Uh, this this round, I mean, it was it was it was pretty exciting. I wouldn't say that the the level play was as high as. I feel like the best round, I mean, we still have the final to go, but I feel like the round of 16 was like the best, yeah, for the sure. peak of the tournament. Um, Just from enjoyment standpoint, they, they were both pretty fun games to watch. Uh, what did you say? Just yeah, to... I thought there, there was kind of like an element of maybe tiredness. Yeah. It's been a long tournament, kind it's, of. Yeah, especially for... I mean, a team like Spain having to go extra time for all of their games yeah, after exactly. the group it seems, stage. It seems like there's been a lot of extra time games. I don't yeah, know if it's just... More so than normal, I would recency say. Recency bias, but it seems like so many games went to extra time. I think it did. I'd, I'm, I'm curious as to what the stat would be compared to even if you just looked at like last year's, but mm-hmm. I can only think of like three off the top of my head. I know Croatia played in one and I believe that was against Portugal. That feels like it was Portugal like the final. 20 years ago. I know. <laughs> Even the last Premier League season felt like a, a long time ago. Yeah. Two, la- the 2020 Premier League season felt like forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was crazy. Um, So let's just get into it. First game was Italy-Spain with this one. Um. You know, the main thing was Spinazzola being out. What's Italy going to do? How are they going to look any different? We we were mentioning that Emerson should just try and be himself, not try and be Spinazzola, play a little more defensively, and they'll just have to rely a little more on the midfield and attackers to do their own thing. Not going to have those overlapping runs as much. Kind of turned out Emerson kind of got in a little bit. He didn't really, obviously not nearly as effective as Spinazzola going forward and stuff, but. Yeah, it looked like it really they were lacking in that area going forward, not able to really capitalize as much mm-hmm. on Spain's errors at times. You know, that yeah. that fast counterattack with Spinazzola. Uh, because look- what he what he allows for them to do is to pinch those wings in into more central areas for Insigne and Chiesa, and that gives them not only can they still distribute, but like they would be able to do out wide like normal wingers but it allows them to take more shooting opportunities and look to create for themselves which is massive for them because they're they're two best attackers so far this tournament so taking away part that takes away their ability or well not fully takes away their ability but it it provides a kind of like a deficit in terms of they're not able to go as central anymore they're gonna have to work out wider yeah not able to have the the reliable attacking piece on mm-hmm. the wing. Like you knew for sure like Spinazzola was getting up there. Yeah. And he was he was bombing forward. 
course, not in this game. Italy at times sat back quite a bit. Spain holding. That's what you're gonna have to do against Spain. most of the possession. <laughs> but again, the theme was here. Oh, we should touch on Spain. Spain making three changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. ball up front. Uh, Eric Garcia in uh, in the back line. In the back line, and then it was uh, Danny Olmo for yeah. He was kind of just their striker for uh, I guess Sabasia. Sabasia. Sarabia. Sarabia. Yeah. <laughs> Sarabia was injured. Yes. Yeah. No, they. <laughs> it was kind of there. a strange. Um thing because they they it was very much like france where france kind of had some fluidity i mean sometimes mbappe would be out wide sometimes it'd be benzema go out wide for a little bit and then griezmann they'd flop wings and whatnot uh almo was kind of a little more central Mm -hmm. or so he started off kind of ended up moving a little more out wide a little left uh i mean it i thought it was a weird time to experiment experiment. with this yeah like is this the time you want to try it because there were times when it seemed like maybe if Murata was in there, yeah, it would have been just... better to have, like, obviously he's not great, but <laughs> Theoretically, at least he's, at like least a, a, nine he's and... a focal point of yeah. the offense. In this game, it was similar to their other games where they just look so bad when they're in the final third trying to create a shot. Yeah, it's they get the chance to create. They're able to whether it's dribbling or link up play through passing and just tremendous build up play that'll break down a defense. It always came down to the finishing for them in this tournament and in this game. I think I saw a stat where Danny Almo in this tournament had like he had at least twenty shots. I don't remember the specific numbers, at least twenty shots he didn't score. Yeah. How many That's, of those were even like quality shots? I mean, I think a good amount were on target, but I mean, on target doesn't necessarily mean quality shots. Right. It's not like it's going to make, it's not the keeper's not making a diving save or anything, you know, but yeah, going with three, well, cause Torres and Orthobal more wingers and that's kind of what they're mainly doing. And then almost the false nine. I, yeah. I, it as unideal as it is, I don't know how you don't have Murata or Moreno in there. And then later in the game, you bring them both on, so then you have two nines, but yet you're still playing the four three three. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. And even though Italy was sitting back, to me, it always looked like Italy was the team that was most dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like when they had a chance, which wasn't all that often, they looked like they were taking it seriously, getting on the ball, being direct, and having chances. Yeah, it, and that's kind of how I felt for, I would honestly say, the majority of Spain's games in this tournament. It felt like the other team was always had the better chance to do something, and I feel like that's mainly just because of the finishing. Because, in, like I said, in certain games, their possession, side to side, it's not quick or anything. It's just kind of possession for possession's sake. I would say that... This game, the Swiss game was pretty even. They did get a little lucky. I would say the Croatia game, they definitely were in control. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a Slovakia game. The Poland game, you'd probably say, but then they got the one against them. The Sweden game, they didn't look threatening at all. I'd say 
I'd say this game was very much like the Sweden game where it's like Sweden didn't have that much possession or damn near didn't have a hundred passes. Yeah. But they look like the most attacking team that had the best chances. And that's what happened in this game. So first half, no one scores, nil, nil going into halftime. Mm hmm. You know, it kind of felt like they're feeling each other out a little bit. Yeah. No one was really taking too many risks. Yeah. Then you come out of halftime, Italy scores in the 60th minute. Chiesa picking up another goal. Yeah, nice little counter. Yeah. Great build up, or uh, not build up, but the dribble mm-hmm. passed to create the space and then just curled it far post. Yeah. Great shot. Beautiful shot. And at that point, you're thinking, like, not that surprising. Yeah. Because. Like we said, Italy looked like they were creating the better chances, and it was, you know, about time that they executed on executed one. on one. Yeah, it didn't look great going forward, but it looked good enough. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, th- I think one thing that I'm gonna this is probably the first thing I criticized Mancini for. And you could probably find other stuff, but I would say this one was the first one I really noticed. When they took off Immobile, it wasn't so much my problems them taking off Immobile. He didn't look that great, didn't look that sharp this game. He did have the assist technically, but it was bringing on Berardi, and it's like, well, now you don't have a guy in the middle. Yeah. Sure, you can have Insigne, but like what Immobile was doing for them was kind of holding up play, and that's how he got the assist. Insigne is not going to hold up play. You're not going to have a ton of possession. I guess your main thing is you think Berardi would help more on the counter than Immobile, but or maybe but even like, like pressing at times. Immobile likes to get in behind, which you mm-hmm. know, with the Spanish high line, yeah, you would think and not that's how it's going to be a center threat. backs. Yeah, you would think that. And then even if say they weren't thinking that, and they're maybe like, we're just going to shut up shop, kind of hold up game, or uh, have the striker just be more of a hold up guy. And then you think you go Bellotti because yeah. he's a little stronger yeah. and can kind of get to the corners and whatnot. So I I didn't really get that. From Mancini. Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of a weird one. And then Berardi Maybe didn't really do much anyways when he came fresher. on. I mean, he looked good early on in the tournament, but then yeah. eventually got replaced. Chiesa's just been so good for them on that yeah. side that you have to have him in. Yeah. And then your man came on right after, Alvaro Morata. That man. <laughs> he somehow <laughs> does it. He's the biggest... If you rank like the five biggest Enigma players, there I feel like there aren't as much as beginning when we started beginning uh, to watch soccer. Mm-hmm. Like Balotelli's like the ultimate yeah. Enigma guy. Would you say that Marate is right now? I'd say through the years, Diego Costa's got to be up there. Who's like just guys that like you don't know like what Fernando to ever Torres. expect. Like Fernando Torres. Yeah, just guys you yeah. don't know what to ever expect. They're the yeah. ultimate wild card. And it's like... Like, who's a lot of the now? time you watch them and they're like god awful, and then sometimes just they look up. amazing. Yeah, they'll just pop up at like times you need them the most, and yeah. then even just like certain random games that don't matter that much, they'll just get like a meme goal. I would say even like Benteke at Liverpool. Yeah, that's fair. He's like a he's like a lower level one, but yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel there's like there's less someone. of those these days. I feel like it's it, it's easier to do that as striker. More so than like for sure. Unless you're, I guess Richard Dunn, but he's just a permanent meme. Yeah, the thing is too, like the striker position is also kind of being revolutionized by guys like um, Mbappe and 
Holland. True. Um, so the regular Isak. nine is. Yeah. It's more like guys who are like tall, athletic, running. Whereas before it was like, you know, you have this big lug up up top and you <laughs> hoof it up there. You know, like yes. an Andy Carroll or yeah. something. They're not going to be like pressing and making runs like that. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be a focal point. Yeah. And that kind of opens you up because you're less of an athlete. You know, True. guys Guys nowadays seem like they're more athletic. Yeah, they're just in shape, yep. just from like a general fitness standpoint. Mm-hmm. But, well, back to the game. They take off Orthobel for Jordan Marino, like I was saying, the two strikers, but yet they still have a front three, kind of weird. They bring on Rodri for Koke. Koke just, as well as he's played for Atletico, and he's done pretty well for Spain in the past, this was just not. Not a good tournament. I just, it was just bad. All the yeah. way around from him. And then the goal for Murata, the link-up play. This is the one time I think Jorginho has had like a massive lapse yeah. this whole tournament. It, and then it, it was completely like, cost them. Yeah, the uh, the first time you saw the Italian defense really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And they got punished for it, which was kind of surprising. Like, yeah, because They did Murata. have uh, that one chance early on in the game. I forget. I think it was Orthobol oh, yeah, was in and he, through, and then he, he had a terrible touch. Did he touch. shoot it right? Oh, no, that one. Yes, he touched it, and it went like right to the keep pretty much. Yeah, when really he – it seemed like he could have just let it roll across his body and then had a shot. Yeah. With, I think it would have been his right foot. But instead it was. he played it with his left foot, and yes. he took a terrible touch and ruined it. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's like in, it's, Spain. Yeah, it's indicative of what they are. You get these into wonderful spaces through on goal, and then you somehow can't convert. Like, in theory, you're like, okay, we have all these great playmakers. Someone's someone's going to finish these chances. Eventually, like, These yeah. are professional players. Like, yeah. I could finish these chances. Like, And yeah. then somehow they, they get into the spaces, and then they're just like, Blasting shots over the net, yeah. taking bad touches, and it's insane for players who are like as technical as gifted, yeah, as the Spanish team. Like, I don't understand it. It's just not their play style in terms of the players. They have too many of the guys that do the same thing. There's something about having a balance and having a to make like a basketball analogy. There's something about just having a guy who can go get you a bucket. Mm-hmm. Who can just like kind of dribble around, create his own shot, and then like score it by himself. There's something about that, and it's not like you need to have that with this Spain team where you need a dominatore to dribble through everyone and score it on his own. But there's just something about having a guy who, when the ball's at his foot in the box, he knows where he's at, where to put the ball relative to the keeper, and what moves to make to get the defenders um, fanning so they're not blocking a shot. So this one goes, goes into extra, extra time. time. You'd think Spain, they're probably gassed by now. They they didn't mm-hmm. look all that tired. No. Italy they, looked like they were getting pretty tired. Well, because they got all the momentum in really from like the 70th minute on or so, got the goal in the 80th minute. And yeah. then the first half of extra time, they really it kind of felt like they kind of went for it. And then after that, yeah, they were just, that last 15, you could tell that, as fit as these players are and as well-rounded and as much as they play 
different guys because they have so much depth. They were gassed. This was their third extra time game, and you could see it. Yeah. So it comes out that like they didn't practice penalties that much, <laughs> and it yeah. showed. I mean, it showed in the the game Swiss against game. Uh, Switzerland. Yeah, that was an awful penalty shootout. This one was a little bit better. This this is just showing that they're gonna hire a penalty specialist like one thousand <laughs> percent. And after this tournament, just they really need to. Yeah, I don't get how you can go to a major tournament and not practice penalties. Yeah. Well, what I didn't get is so many people. We'll just walk through the pen shootout, but it went Locatelli miss, Olmo miss, Bellotti gets the advantage, Moreno, Benucci, Alcantara, Bernadeschi, and then the Maratta miss. And then Jorginho with the cool slot to end it. People criticizing the Murata taking the pen. It's like, well, he scored. And I I guess that this is like a major issue for some of these teams is like so many guys don't want to take pens. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me on Spain. I mean, none of these guys can finish, finish to save their life. So yeah. who's going to want to take a pen? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's a little different, but even then, like... I I could I guess I couldn't blame him because it's <laughs> I wouldn't want that pressure, but still like you got to have someone that's willing to rise to the occasion. I mean I I can't think of many guys that where that's like such an issue. I remember like the 2012 final between uh, Champions League final between uh, Chelsea and Bayern. Like Neuer took one because nobody else wanted to. <laughs> it's like yeah. I don't know. You need that confidence where everyone wants to take a penalty. Yeah. Because that kind of exudes around the team, and then everyone feels confident mm-hmm. when you have this like belief in yourself. This, this, uh, you know, the doubt creeps in. If if you see one guy, he's like, "Oh, he looks nervous." Like, I'm kind of nervous, and then mm-hmm. everyone's nervous, yeah. and then you take that some is, awful penalties. That is what you do not need. Yeah, even if you have a good shot and it's saved, at least it's a good pen. Like, yeah. Ugh. At that point, it's it's a good save by the keeper. Yeah, you know, it's just slowly trying to like slot it around the keep because you think he's gonna guess the one way and you're aiming it. We saw that so much. That Swiss, that was like every Swiss penalty against yeah. Spain. It was like, I'm just gonna put it here and hope to God the guy doesn't dive <laughs> this way. I'm gonna hope it's just like two miles per hour floater yeah. right at Simone. Uh, yeah, this one. Any major takeaways from Spain? Okay. Impressed. Unimpressed. I, I got a I got a hot take. All right. Um Fuego. I yeah, got a Fuego I'm take here for, for Spain. So I don't know if you've noticed this, but Spain received so much praise for their tournament. Have you seen that at all? I mean yeah, in terms of their playing stuff, and you'd watch like ESPN or something, people would be saying how they're like favorites and whatnot. Or not like favorites, but like oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Spain won. It's like really? Well, I saw I was seeing after the game, it's like, wow, Spain, the way they play, it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. They lost, but it was awesome. Pedri, he's awesome. Yeah. We love everybody. They're awesome. They play great. But you know what I have to say to that? No. Yeah. They were not that good. Just because they had 85% of the possession, just because they passed back side to side with meaningless passes— when you look at their performances, you watch them, their complete failure to score goals is an embarrassment for 
how good that they should be. I don't think that's a hot take. I think it's different. Um, I, I'm more in agreement with you because it comes down to performance versus results. And they may have performed well. They may have looked good doing it. But they didn't win. That's the main objective. You're out there to win. Okay. You might play a beautiful style. It may result in a lot of wins against teams, but if it doesn't work when it matters most, then, you know, you can say you had a good tournament, but in the end you didn't do what you really wanted to accomplish because there's no way that they came in thinking they were going to lose or that they had the expectation of like, well, golly gee, we're just here to be here, you know? I don't know if it's just me, but to me it seems like people are putting Spain on like a, as a, like a second class team and the, and the the expectations go along with that and they're like not expected to win second, anymore second class as in oh okay so as you, in like a, a second tier team like mm-hmm. a like a Belgium or no, something No I get I get what you're saying And it's like we should have higher expectations for Spain they are a footballing powerhouse mm-hmm. they should be in contention for every tournament that they play Well before the, on our preview, what we had, we had Spain in that second tier of teams. But we we were saying, the finishing, is it there, is it not? We don't know. I, we can't trust them. That's what ended up happening. I think that's, I mean, I, that's obviously why they're a second tier team right now. But they have so much talent that they can easily make the jump to first. But I wouldn't say this is a first team like a top level performance by them in the tournament. They, I wouldn't say it was an easy road because they did beat some solid teams. Not like they didn't beat a Belgium or France or England or anything, but they beat solid teams. They took care of teams they should have. And then they got beat by a team that was better than them. That's why I, I'm not too hard on Spain because I think I kind of knew what they were coming into the tournament. That's the only thing. Well, I'm not saying that they're not a second tier team because mm-hmm. i i completely agree i think yeah. they are second tier team but the thing is like if a team you look at germany like obviously they're a second tier team at the moment mm-hmm. but the expectation is that germany will be in contention to win the tournament yeah whereas spain it's like oh look at that ha ha pedri wow he's like 18 yeah this is nice they pass sideways a lot whereas germany it's like wow this is deeply disappointing like yeah. I just don't see where the difference comes up. It's like yeah, the, I agree. the media is not harsh enough on Spain. I agree with that. I think that uh, the thing with... Yeah. I mean, with Spain, it's just... This isn't their golden age anymore. Their golden age kind of achieved what they had to. And I think now that they're clearly out, they're people's expectations will just be lower because they won't be as good as that golden age. Whereas Germany, they still have certain guys from the golden age. And the Spain team does too. Not as many, but the German team still does. And I I mean, for being hard on Germany, this going in for your last, your manager's last major tournament, and you already know there's a new replacement coming in. It's always kind of strange for them. So I didn't have expectations. You didn't. But I think that that would be unfair because that German team just wasn't nearly as strong as past German teams. And if you went into the tournament thinking that just because they're Germany, you're out to lunch. <laughs> they don't even have a, a nine. Uh, 
Yeah. The way I, I the way I, I, I see say, it though is is that they're like getting off on a free pass. Like No, yeah, I get what you, you're saying. You still should be allowed to criticize these players, you know. Yeah, I it, think it that it's like it's a part of the players just aren't good enough and people are kind of relying on, well, the system, we've seen what the system can do. And, and you know, it's still, look how far it got them. But I think, I wonder if it's more people don't rate the players on the team as high. So they're like, oh, well, look at that. They exceeded expectations. Or if it's just, they're so enamored with the style that they're like, oh, look at that. That's just beautiful. But you look at the players on paper. I mean, uh, Gerard Moreno and uh, Ball yeah, had great seasons. Showed that they could put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. It wasn't there in this tournament, this finishing. No. Koke didn't have a very good tournament. No. I mean, it all the way for, around for Spain. I mean, did anyone, would you say anyone had like a really good tournament besides... Dave, Alba, Pedri, maybe, who? Pedri. Pedri, I mean, he had a good game this game, but I, his tournament wasn't amazing, amazing, relative to other midfielders, in my opinion. Torres had moments, like, I don't know, I, I just, maybe I'm too down on Spain. No, I'm down on Spain, too, let's. Let's make up for what people aren't saying about Spain. <laughs> I think we might have to, we have to hold Spain I'm, accountable. Yes, we need to we need to hold Spain accountable. Yeah, and we need to free Bobby Sanchez, please. <laughs> he would have saved all the penalties. Of course, he's he a tall guy. He would have thrown his cap on it literally. Yeah, his Brighton cap. He would have taken it and got them all. I wish we could like look at a alternative universe where Bobby Sanchez is in net. <laughs> Well, they would they would add one less own goal. So honestly, it's for the worse if he would have been in that, because it's the tournament of own goals. Yeah, true. <laughs> Anything going forward with them that uh, maybe their World Cup prospects? I mean, it it'd be hard to envision unless like one of their guys, because they really don't have a guy. No. That's that's the main problem with Spain too. Not just necessarily a nine, but just a guy who's like a top ten player in the world. They don't have one. Yeah, I don't really hate that because, you know, it can be like Portugal where you over-rely on that one guy. I kind of like the team effort thing. But I was thinking about this. Does Spain ever switch systems? Like, at least try it out where they don't do this. They won't for a while. Full possession-based. Like, I understand possession-based football, but, like, you're doing nothing with it. Yeah. And if you're going to do it this way, you got to have guys who can finish their chances. Otherwise, you need to switch to a system. Well, put it, put it this way. With your possession, the idea of possession is to make the other team chase, make the other team yeah. tired, wear them down mentally and physically. It seemed like their defenders were the ones that got mentally tired out of everything with all their lapses. And, it's, and in the very end, with all the extra time games, your team was literally the one that was more physically tired than the opponent, Italy. So, Well, yes. Also, the defense is going to look worse because of that high line, which makes you more prone to errors. So, like you say, that's going to be stressful on a defender mm-hmm. if you're constantly Especially having it. to like toe the line of like pushing as far as possible 
but not allowing the opposition to get in behind. Especially, I mean, Laporte's pretty quick, but Pau Torres not very quick. Eric Garcia's decently quick. He's like in the middle of them, but yeah, they just they got beat, and really, why they got beat was all there as a mix of the momentary lapses from the defense and mainly the attack. I don't know what their prospects are. I don't think it changes any time between now and the World Cup. I don't think so either. It would just have to be a luck of uh, your run being ideal for you in terms of if you were to make a run in the World Cup, that is. And hope somehow some someone flourishes and becomes like a world-class finisher. Yeah, that's going to be a... Alvaro Morata at 29. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, not much to say wrapping up Spain and Italy. Italy onto the final. Probably been, you'd, I think most people would probably say team of the tournament just because they haven't dropped a game. But Yeah, for sure. They've it, been the most convincing, I would say. And Yeah, I mean a close, close second here. First uh, most convincing. We got England, Denmark, England with the win on to the final. I'd say they're the obviously the second most convincing team, and that makes sense why they're both in the final. Uh, two to one England, extra time. This game, let me just say it. I'm just gonna say it. Everything about this game, surrounding it, everything about the game itself, it just made me angry. It made me so angry just about everything. All right, rant time, go. I'm going to try and just keep it short, but just the whole, just everything about, there's a whole sense about England and the media, especially the English guys, like really propping them up. And I get it. They're English. They're going to be biased and stuff. And they've looked amazing, but maybe it's just like their analysis and what I'm not seeing about some of this stuff. We'll just move. We'll just move to the first, the first goal by Damsgaard. On that shot, so many people saying that Pickford should have absolutely had that. Am I crazy? No, no. I thought that was an amazing free it, kick. That was an amazing It free might kick. have been far out, but it had the perfect pace and dip on it. And just because it wasn't next to the post, like skimming the post, perfect upper 90, doesn't mean that it was like a bad free kick in Pickford. And look, we've been seeing how Pickford has been... England's worst player yeah. so far. And you saw with his distribution and stuff. That's fair stuff to criticize him for. That goal, no. Okay, can we we gotta we gotta we'll touch go on, on we'll this. Go in bits. We gotta touch on this. I hate to interrupt your rant on England and all this because it's quite entertaining to me. But And then I gotta have another rant about Denmark too. This first goal, one, I thought the overall the match was refereed quite poorly yes which is another just another reason i hated the match it's <laughs> just like, another reason i didn't like it i think at this point we just need like felix brick to referee every game i know he did like who two did, in the span of three games three this days one? i yeah i don't remember it wasn't someone Danny, that i oh it was the guy he he's the i think he did the dutch one no or he did the he, he did the germany dutch. he did the germany england one okay i believe it was just, okay, so this first goal sets up, there's an, an initial foul by England. Just to confirm, he did do England-Germany, but go go on. Where I forget who the players were. I think it was Braithwaite and... No, it was Mount and Dolberg, the first one. Or are you talking about a different, I'm, before the free kicks? 
yeah, the the foul where the one Danish player elbowed the other Danish player, and then they called oh, it a free one. kick. Yeah, that one. And then that led to Shaw getting called for a fall on was it Vestergaard? Um, no, that was Christensen. The Christensen, one? and it was like the most soft thing, like. So we are talking about the free kicks, right? Yes, we're talking so about the first free one, kicks. So the first one by Dolberg, that was a dive. That was a dive. Mount didn't foul him. Mount didn't foul him, but his teammate hit him. His own teammate hit him Yeah, but it was his elbow. He still dove, Dolberg. Yeah, so it shouldn't have been a free kick, yes. that first one. And then they call a foul on the second one on Shaw fouling Christensen, which is like a super soft foul, like... There's it's always more jostling. of a foul than the first there's, one. there's always jostling for position, and he did have his hands on his hips kind of pulling his jersey, but you would be hard-pressed to say Christensen didn't go down lightly. Completely, and that's one of those where it happens every set But because piece, it corner. was near the edge, you're thinking that maybe the ref saw it and was more lenient to give it more so it than was say, right if in it the front, was, yes. Yeah, more so than if it was right in the middle. It probably wouldn't have been called. And honestly, I hate when they call those because that just opens the door to the, like people trying to do that every All single time. free kick mm-hmm. or corner kick. Super annoying. Yeah. So I thought England were hard done by. Not to take yeah. anything away from, from the, the goal. free kick or anything. Brilliant yeah. goal. But I was seething in it that was, moment. It was pretty rough, uh, unfortunate circumstances. It was one of those things Denmark really, after about 35 minutes or so, that was about it for their attack. That's the only gas they had left. And they had okay, decent half chances uh, early on. Nothing spectacular, nothing to write home about. But they at least looked lively. Yeah. Like, they they had England on, on their toes, mm-hmm. you know, on yeah. the counter. And then they get that one. They definitely looked like they could have scored. Mm-hmm. I think it might have just helped England out because Denmark was like, well, we got the one. And we'll just try and see it, I guess, because they were they were so gassed. Yeah, I, I people are blaming the travel from Azerbaijan, and I mean it's, I guess, because they didn't they went from not having to travel to traveling, and then they came back. But I, I mean, mean that's a long ways away. Yeah, so it was rough. We for them. we've touched on that the the ridiculousness of home all their home games of the way that this tournament was set up. Not to mention the fact that it was COVID and like the restriction on fans. Yeah, it was I mean, very balanced, that, imbalanced for um, multiple sides, yeah, to say the least. Like, <laughs> I'm an England fan, but I'll be the first one to say, like, they've had they're one, amazing the, luck because they had one, one hard, hard road game and it was against Ukraine, like, where they had to actually travel. Yeah, that was their one actual road game and it was against. The, the weakest meme, side, meme side, the weakest kinda. side yeah. in the knockouts, probably. Yeah, so or close to it. So you know, it's and that's that's more about the tournament than uh, other yeah. stuff. But yeah, uh, going forward, England get a goal. I mean, we have we we somewhat touched on it, but I I feel like I'll just probably let you talk about this. I know you don't agree. But you want to agree in your heart of hearts? Sokka's the best player on England Dude, right now yes. in attack. Absolutely. I don't think there's any question. 
Like I genuinely don't. Uh, who is creating more chances than him out of their attacking players this tournament? He just brings such a different element than any player on the team. Like the way he just runs his at rate, players. His work rate on both sides is just so good. If they, and even, I would say this, just cutting up something else real quick. This was probably Walker's best game. Yeah. But we saw last game when they, and they could get away with it because it was Ukraine and it, it wasn't um, Yarmolenko's side really. But, there's times where Walker was exposed, and it's, it's mainly because it was Sancho in there. It wasn't Saka. Yeah, and, exactly. And or I guess it was a back four. So they he didn't also have cover from Trippier, you know, whoever he had a wide. Regardless, uh, Saka just provides that element of defense, getting back, making sure that the other team can't really get anything going, and if they do, it's going to be stopped short right of the final third a lot of times if it's on his side. So and then he's is willing to just dash past people up the wing, in behind. Yeah, I feel like it's such a rare thing when you have these guys who are so talented going forward. They're always going to be like a Sancho where they're going to slack off. Yeah, going in defense, but not Saka. He'll yeah. run and he'll do whatever you need. He'll intercept the ball and then he'll make a great run. He's pretty down much, the wing. It's a little different because he's more forward and he's kind of just. More, I would say, is more of an out-and-out wing. He technically can be a wing back for Arsenal, or even probably a fullback if they really wanted him to. Yeah, but he's he's kind of like a Spinazzola of England, except he's actually a wing Spinazzola, more of a just an actual wing back. Yeah, but their roles are so crucial to their team; it's incredible. Yeah, that directness going forward, just to break the lines, mm-hmm. and then once you get in behind, I mean, you put the ball into a dangerous spot, like in this goal here. Care had no choice. He had no choice. But to go full throttle and yeah, try to clear it. Yeah. But he goes couldn't. off him and in. And you just that's that's the thing. When you get so focused on creating these perfect scenarios where you're gonna do like one pass, two pass, one touch, two touch, mm-hmm. tiki taka, and then you'll have the perfect chance and then you'll score. Well guess guess what? It's way easier to just sit back and absorb that pressure. And watch you pass in front of them and like yeah. try and break the back line when there's that one guy just going directly through that back line. Yes, once he's passed, timing. yeah, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, there's you more score chaos goals. Created you by gotta that. take risks. Yeah, you know? I agree. And that, I mean, go, looping back to Spain, you would say they didn't really take many chances this yeah. tournament, and literally and figuratively. That's kind of been something where England. They have this pressure on them, and guys kind of go into their shell. Mm-hmm. Sokka, unfazed. He's flying through the air on unicorns it's, into the swimming pool. partially just because I think he just has a sense of, like, there's not a ton of expectations. Because you would say, on paper, coming into the tournament, if you just showed their general uh, 4 one and you're like, all right, pick out the guy who's probably the worst player. I think you would find a lot of people saying clearly soccer. There were a lot of people who thought he shouldn't have even been on the squad. Yeah. So yeah, and there he is. There, I would say second, maybe third most influential player. I would say probably Shaw one, and then you could say yeah, him or Maguire Shaw. two, three, depending on yeah how it goes. But yeah, it's, he, he's it's, he's kind of like it's kind of like the cliche youthfulness. Yeah. No, I get what but you're he saying. actually is. Yeah. Where 
Except he has so much talent. He takes so much tension off of the team by having a not care kind of free yeah. attitude that all yeah. the pressure is relieved. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't care about the media. No, he he's on his unicorn, dude. Yeah, that, that's my favorite <laughs> picture, flying through the air on a unicorn, smiling. Cue the shooting as stars. Maybe. Um, some chances before half. They weren't that great. Um relative to the ones early on obviously the soccer play i just i just want to say about sterling he didn't play any worse or any better than he has all tournament he just didn't oh finish. my god you're killing me here dude did <laughs> he you see... point blank chances and he didn't score but and what's the difference if he gets that tap in from soccer then any... he's amazing for being there no that no, plays no. not soccer I just to don't be get fair, it. there if there's no one running in behind, then Care doesn't have to make that tackle. But the the amount of work that Sterling put into this game <laughs> was insane. <laughs> the runs he was making in extra time. Oh my god, dude. It's like he just showed up to the game and he keeps running and he keeps running. It's like hundred fifteenth minute in. He's dead sprinting. The Danish players are like Dude, stop, please. Like, we're already dead. Like, we can't handle it. They're, like, jogging. He completed a bunch of dribbles. It was 10 of 16, so not the most efficient. But that's just the thing with Sterling. I feel like a lot of his stuff is inflated this tournament because of the goals. But people don't talk about stuff you talk about enough with pressing. Yeah. With just the ability to run around. And even if it's just to get the ball and then lay it off to create more solidity in the midfield possession and to like relieve the defensive work you know by just making a nice dribble but you, it's you allow your team to get i think back. that's what's just annoying is people just point to the goals and it's like yeah, yeah he's, he's way there. more than that yeah he's there but it's like anyone could be there they need kane further back because he does what yeah. sterling doesn't always do and sterling's there because kane can't be there but yeah. uh with this one it it I mean, we said 35th minute Denmark was dead, but they literally had to sub off like their main guys because they couldn't go anymore. It yeah. was like for like subs, not like, oh, we're going to go for it or we're just going to sit back. It's just because they... And this really just showed how deep England and Italy and even Spain are. You see Denmark and you're like, okay, yeah. you got Daniel Voss, a guy on Valencia who's decent. You got Norgard, who I believe is on Brentford, newly promoted side. Jensen. Yeah, another one. It's like, you know, and they're okay players, but they're not they're not Delaney. They're not Damsgard. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not their main guys. So there's a huge drop off. Yeah, really the only good sub they had was to bring on Poulsen. And then after and that, he didn't it's even like, do that great yeah. this game. So I would just I mean, I'm not gonna blame him. He England's defense is amazing, and he they weren't going to go forward that much, so it's just really on him pressing. Yep. Sad, sad moment here. Jack Grealish, probably his worst game. <laughs> subbed on to he be had subbed a, off. He, yeah, he to, had a, To be fair, though, like it, it made complete sense because they brought on an extra attacker to go after the game and try and win it, mm-hmm. and then they score the goal, and they have too many attackers on. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying the sub-off is the bad moment. I'm just saying, in general, his performance was 
lackluster. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't as good as he normally is because normally when he's on, he's great and good chances for him. Um, yeah, and then Christensen Delaney coming off, like I was saying. I, yeah, I was, I was reminded that uh, Joachim Anderson is on yeah, Denmark, he, yeah, and he hasn't played like at all. And then he came on and he looked tired already, which I don't know how that was possible. Long flight for him, even though he didn't play that much. <laughs> uh, Hendo and Foden came on. How about that? They're, I guess Hendo wasn't supposed to be like a massive part, but just seeing Foden and thinking how people were like, oh, yeah, here's the guy of the tournament. I was actually thinking that, too, because of his dyed hair, that he was going to be like the star. Yeah. But it's like no. he, he's been like such a... He just doesn't really fit England as well as he does City. Yeah. Simple as. Which happens to, like, so many City guys. They're so custom fit for that system that they don't really work out that well. Yeah. I mean, Sterling is Walker's Walker's his own, too, kind of just because he... If you look at guys who have come up, like, primarily up through City and not been at other clubs like Sterling or Walker... Don't talk about James Milner. <laughs> like they struggle to adapt to other systems and it's Mm. it's weird that's fair i mean pep system like other managers obviously employ it too but that special that like system is just so specialized at what you have to do and knowing exactly where you have to be it's it's just got to be so alien compared to like typical systems like southgate system isn't too complicated especially in international where it's less tactical and more vibes vibes yes (laughs) exactly yeah so then in this one in uh extra time the 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 key moment they create some chances right before that which it the whole like it and this is another thing that upset me about this whereas like People saying England deserved a win, but I don't think they're saying the for the right reasons. It's not like England was amazing at taking their chances and stuff. Yes, they were creating chances, but they weren't really taking it. You, I would, I still would say England deserved to win. Yeah, for sure. It's just for a different reason. I think that's why I'm angry about it. it they deserved to win because Denmark was literally dead, and they were bound. Yeah. If Sterling on that pen doesn't dive or go down easy, however you want to say it, I think they still score. Yeah, I agree. Later on. Yeah. You could see it coming. Yeah. For sure. I mean, Denmark looked dead. England was pushing. People pissing me off about this game right now. You could tell, like, Denmark (laughs) was just trying to hold on. It was. Try and make it to penalties. Yeah. They were so gassed. Anytime they got the ball in midfield next time, it was done. Like, Kyle Walker was chasing everybody down. Yeah. And sprinting past everybody. That's how you know. And well, I mean, Walker's fast, obviously, but that just goes to show like how. Because beginning of the game, he might be equal in a foot race with some of the guys, but he was like blowing past them and yeah, get, I, catching up. To I him actually thought he back. was pretty important in this game because of the the Danish counters earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. But he had the speed to get back even when England looked more exposed, which is pretty important. And yeah why he's back there because you have guys like stones mcguire and shaw like they're not, not the that fastest. fast so yeah you gotta have a to guy be. who can really get back and i mean in that ukraine game like we're saying he got caught out but this game soccer provide just enough to where it it eases the pressure on walker and he's 
significantly less likely to get beat. Yeah, in, in the Ukraine game, it seemed like it was more like take-ons rather than like passes up the wing. Yeah. yeah, so he he's not as strong in like a one-on-one defensive situation. Yeah. but if you're like chasing after a long ball, He'll he's going to win. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got to touch on the penalty. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Take me through what you're thinking while this is going so, on. So I still can't believe, and we've talked about this, but there's literally a second ball on the field. <laughs> and there's a guy on the sideline pointing at it. And it may have not been directly in the way. And it'd be one thing if it was on like the other side of the field or something. But it was relatively in the area of where Sterling was dribbling. It was pretty close. So... That's already one issue. We talked you're, about you're bad like, officiating. We talked about bad officiating, not noticing that there's a second ball as some guys. But if if you're a ref and you see this like build up play and they're close to goal, pushing towards a goal, do you do you whistle that and be like, yes. uh, excuse there's me, sorry, we another have to ball wait. on the we field. Have to wait. There's another ball on the field. But like the ball isn't affecting anything. It's just kind of close. It. It's kind of close. He's dribbling toward the ball. It's kind of close, <laughs> but ultimately not. No, <laughs> dude, you're like the, the one person who would die on this two balls hill. No, I see this all over the internet. People are like, well, how do you not spot this? Danish cope. No, we, we still haven't even got to my Danish rant yet. Uh, no. So, anyways, two balls. but no, it's, it it was it was soft contact, if any at all, on like that back calf. I'd say he went down easy. Seems like everyone's in agreement. Went down easy. It was a dive. When Ali Moreno comes out and says, "I know a thing or two about diving," and this was a dive. That's how you know. Do you want the my legend. take on it? No, no. we know what your okay. take is. We know if this this is like slightly below Robin against Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. My, it's my it's one in the ballpark. Thing, like, yes. Like it, it, it looks like a die for sure. The only thing is there's like a hint of question, maybe contact on the knees, which everyone is looking higher up. So if, no, I know I saw it as calf to calf, but if, Christensen is going down by being tugged down by his hips. Oh, I I agree fully, but if if we're looking at from like a VAR standpoint, the whole VAR thing too is another thing that got me agitated. How do they not have him go and look just just cause? Even yeah. if it's I get if there's any contact at all, more than likely they're just gonna give it anyways. Yeah, but just let the guy go look. And what if he says, yeah, no, it's still a pen. At least he went and looked. That's true. That, I, that's I don't a fair get point. that. I just figured like. From a VAR standpoint, like maybe there's some contact kind of like higher up because everyone's focusing like where the ball is and stuff. Yeah. I didn't see much. There was a little more. And then there there was kind of a combination from the second guy coming in. I forget who it was. And he's, Sterling's going down. And then the second guy comes in and kind of adds to it. He's around. It it adds to it. He's in his inertia. It it like confirms it. (laughs) Solar. wind pocket <laughs> and that but i, I, I gotta is, say like people wanted it to be re overturned from var but if you have more of these i would say know. i would say this the cane one early in like what was that like the 70 something 80th minute that one where there's a little shout i would say that was more of pen there was more contact on that one yeah. than the sterling one yeah 
and he got less of the ball. I, I mean, it, I just want to say the VAR thing, though. It's kind of like you'd rather have a few people who are guilty of a crime go free than, uh, you know, put innocent people in jail. We'll end it on this. If that goes for Denmark over England, you literally I would be absolutely seething. But yeah. that's the point. I am biased. <laughs> like I'm not hiding See, it. I'm biased. That's because I'm objective. I'm the true objectivist of this podcast. He's the true two ball theorist. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I don't believe in two balls on the field at one time. <laughs> Get that ball off the field right put now. That, put that, put that, the ball off the field now, now, now. No, what happens with you is you see like popular opinion yes which, and i'm i'm the contrarian is that which what you're isn't going for? even like popular opinion it's more like english popular opinion and you're a contrarian on that where the like the world view is like ah we hate england and but this everything. goes into my denmark point everyone was so for denmark i don't even i don't even care about denmark i i think that they got lucky to beat the czechs yeah i think they got lucky to beat wales the way they did they got lucky to get out of their groups like Let's not lie. Okay, that that one too is, far. <laughs> it's only too far because Russia is so bad and Finland so bad. That's the only reason I say that's they they were lucky in terms of that the results broke their way. But yeah, more than that, not like that yeah, they didn't deserve we're, we're it. We're in but, agreement, but just like the way things were lining up, and then up, it yeah. just so happened to break for them. Just like. Yeah. it just so happened to break for them. All these calls against Wales, just like yeah. uh, the corner that may have not been a corner and then they score off it against Czech. Yeah. So they had plenty of luck this tournament. To have one bad thing go against you, sure it sucks in the semifinal, but what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, unfortunately. And then people seething about that like, "Oh, I hope you're happy England." Yeah, no one yeah. looks at the like 10 calls they got in their favor to mm-hmm. get them there. Yeah. I'm with this this game was so poorly. It, <laughs> it, yeah, it was awful. It was so bad. It was so bad. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about this specific game? Because we're going to touch on kind of surprise. Oh, things going up. I was, was going to say Michael Oliver, but then I realized no, he's, he's English. English. Uh, what was I going to say? Man, Michael, what a game though. He was he was standing yeah, on his head. He was. That save he had on Maguire, I thought that Maguire one was for sure. Dude, the whole game, I was, every time England had a set piece, I'm like, slabhead scoring this one. And he almost did, like every time, almost scored mm-hmm. them. He's too good in the air. Like, you know it's happening, but you, you can't, can't stop do it. You can only like hope to contain it. Like that yellow card he got when he was, was jumping. Yeah. Dude, stop giving yellow cards for that. It's not a yellow card. He just jumped and his arm was like there because you got to, Move your arm when you jump. You can't yeah. jump perfectly vertically. Yeah. Anyways, it, it's so, coming home. <laughs> so now this game, everything surrounding England, I hate it. Everything surrounding Denmark, I hated it. The game, the officiating, hated it. Wait, the, so so what was your Denmark rant? I would just say like how people were oh. so for them and stuff. I just didn't get really get why. Okay. I okay. think that's my problem. And their team... It's not bad. It's a, It's you know how we're talking about how Spain's lacking that guy. I mean, Denmark's literally lacking their main guy. But this team, I mean, it's solid. And I could see why someone would like them as an underdog, I guess. But I don't know. They're not They're not my favorite collection of guys besides Delaney and Damsgaard. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Damn, Scar, great tournament. Yeah. I would think the, someone would be Sam, after him. Sam, sell him for 60 mil right now. He'll never get higher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so going on to the final, Italy, England. We talked about how England might go for a back three this game against Denmark, and they opted not to. I'm still a little surprised by it. I guess they're like, well, more than likely Denmark will sit back. We'd rather have Mount than Trippier. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it makes sense. They didn't really care enough to neutralize the width. They must have just assumed that Denmark was, they're going to own the possession. Denmark wasn't really going to press all that much. Um, Looking at the final, is there any way they go to back three? You think, I think just because they're so they custom. I think they do. They're just so custom to the back four, and they like that shape. Although, to be fair. And then you drop, you drop Mount for Trippier, right? Or who do you – I think you have to drop yeah. Mount. Even though Mount, he did more kind of – he did more less of like a 10 role and just more of like an 8 in general, kind of all over the field this last game because it wasn't that spectacular of a game by him. He's and it's a, not a typical mountain game that he had. He actually has created the second most chances for England behind Shaw. Well, that's not surprising because England's attack this tournament yeah. has been yeah. lackluster compared to what you would th- expect. The thing I have to say about the, the back three, though, maybe they would have gone with the back three if Italy still has Spinazzola. Now maybe. that they don't have Spinazzola, yeah. you see what... Spain Emerson. was able to do, you know, push them farther yeah, back. Yeah, because you're going to want, well, they're not going to get up as far, so you don't have to worry about that as much Yeah. in terms of the wing back because it's just going to be more than likely a fullback from Emerson and Di Lorenzo. I think, yeah, more than likely, I would I'd suggest if they're going to go with the back four, it'll probably be the same. I would suspect it'd probably be the same lineup unless they put... Who would even come out of this lineup for uh, a matchup against Italy? Yeah, I, I would say keep it the same because you want more creative players to, to break down Italy. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have to have more creative players. Yeah. You wonder if maybe, I mean, you probably just hope, but maybe Mount can create a little more in attack in terms of quality, whether it's him shooting. Because he had some shots this tournament, which aren't bad. They're just right at the keeper, kind of half chance. But, you know, maybe if he could create some more shots for himself or even you get him in a position where he's shooting because he's a solid finisher for a midfielder. I think I know what his problem is. It's that little tuft of hair he hides (laughs) on his chin. It's the Russell Westbrook on uh, right there, the, like, three hairs that he's got. I hate it. <laughs> That's because you hate Mount. Fake yep. news. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, as far as Italy goes, any any major changes? I think they'll probably keep the same lineup as well. Yeah, I'd be I would surprised think so. unless they. No, I, I I couldn't see any changes. I mean, they've kept the same lineup pretty much all tournament, except they swapped. Chiesa in yeah from the beginning and mm-hmm. then um eventually Verratti just got into the rhythm that Verratti gets into and they've replaced him with or they replaced Locatelli with him but yeah I think this will be like the ultimate test 
of whether England's defense is the real deal. They haven't faced a side as quality as Italy. Yeah, I mean, it's I hard mean, to because Italy has been the best team in the tournament. Yeah, it's so. clearly them. they've been head and shoulders above everyone. I would watch for Immobile getting through Stones and Maguire if there's any way that can happen. Um, more yeah. than likely, I would suspect with how good Shaw has been playing on defense with interceptions and whatnot and Walker's pace that we're talking about, I think Insigne and Chiesa might be a little more central, kind of like they were with Spinazzola, but I just don't think they're going to have Emerson go up as much. Maybe they will because they know that Walker and Shaw will be a little further back, but I, I wouldn't suspect so. Uh, Shaw, you would expect to be pushing he'll, he'll be, up. He'll be pushing up, but he won't be quite as forward as he is when they have the back three, though. No. But... I mean, Shaw's always You still forward. want him, like, far up because he's one of your best... Playmakers. Creators. Yeah. Especially in the wide areas. Well... Sterling, you kind of, like, take away the creative factor for the ability to run in behind. He's just kind of... A, he's the actual striker. I mean, it's almost yeah. like they play with two strikers and Kane's kind of, like, more of the hold-up guy and then they have Sterling in behind. Yeah. But... Is there one particular matchup that you're really looking forward to seeing out here? Maybe Low Mount versus Jorginho uh, teammate action on action there. Yeah, for Chelsea, Chelsea on Chelsea. Maybe a little uh, Harry Kane against Chiellini. Um, let's see, see if he can explain. Saka would be going against Emerson, or will be he be going against Di Lorenzo? He would be going against, looking at that formation, he'd be going against Emerson. Which is a key area, I think. For I think England. Italy can get beaten in the wide areas. Yeah. It's mainly because Pinizzola not there. Yeah. You don't trust him as much. Also, Di Lorenzo has... He's, he's probably... He's shaky at times. He was, from, their get, from the get-go, he, he was their probably worst guy. Yeah. He's not bad. He's just solid enough, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he has made some mistakes, so well, you see not, a vulnerability in there. If he's not there, Sterling will be right there for the tapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. With this one, any... Pr- prediction? <laughs> I was going to say, any predictions? I'm, I picked, even though I didn't say it on the pod, the original bracket pick for me was Italy-England. In the final, at Italy winning, having seen this tournament, I'm. I think I have to go England two one. <laughs> it's funny because I've been thinking about this, and I, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, Italy has been the best team, and I think they'll win. But now I'm talking about it. I'm thinking, yes, hmm, maybe they are vulnerable in the wide areas. I think Italy's, maybe England could win. I think Italy's still the best team. But I think with this matchup, I think England's just going to win. There's something about England being like super... It's, it probably comes down to being playing at Wembley all the time. But they... And it it'll ha- it showed with Denmark too. But even against other teams, they just look so much more fresh in terms of their athleticism as the game goes on compared to Germany. Dude, compared to- in the end of this game, 
they were putting on like a training session the yeah. way they were passing it was and part, part of that was mainly denmark was just yeah really out of it compared to most teams they play but even like in the games where it doesn't go to extra time and stuff for england they just look more fresh when it comes to the end of the game mm-hmm. maybe that's just part of their regular training and being world class and so my prediction stuff yes it's also 2-1 to england Oh, and now I gotta change mine. Now I gotta go. I can't go three two. Four two, nil one. Italy. <laughs> yes. It just seems like that's the most reasonable expectation. Yeah. Two one. Two one. Although England's defense has been good, they did let up one goal, which was an amazing goal. Shouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. Shouldn't have ever well, happened. Can see you. Sure. I tell you what, John Pickford, this is his worst moment. Should have had They the did ball. him wrong. They did him wrong. He should still have all clean sheets. I just can't believe people acted like he should have like one thousand percent had that. No, I can't believe that was amazing. Um, so two one. Any predictions for who scores? I, I, I think Kane will score. And it's gonna be Sterling. I mean, it's gonna be their go-to guys. It's gonna be Mount, and it's gonna be Kane. Or you know, there's always the Stones. Harry Maguire. Oh no, John header. Stones out of nowhere. John Stones. He had the one off the post in Scotland. They uh they bait you into thinking they're gonna go to <laughs> yeah Harry Maguire, and then on the near post, John Stones is it's left free. It's gonna be that play that they ran against uh, Ukraine. Where you forget about it, but it was Hendo against Ukraine. Yeah. But they're going to do that with Stones. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate psych out, and then he's wide open. Wide open. No one five year, yards around him. Can, can football truly come home? I would put it right now as a, I think Italy's favored by like, it's like 60-40 or something. I would say it's probably like 55 45 england i think england matches up pretty well with italy yeah i I think you bring up a good point about that i i do like the matchup as well Mm -hmm. what that's i'm cheering for italy you're cheering for italy (laughs) yeah i'm cheering for england (laughs) it'll be a good time loser has to admit on air well i already i already said that what did you want me to admit that sterling's the best player in the world i know that sterling's the best player in the world and then if italy wins i have to say what I don't know. There's the, nothing that the, I the want. The play should have been called off because there were two balls on the field. <laughs> Not quite. You just have to accept that Denmark was the best story of the oh, tournament. <laughs> okay. Cut. <laughs> Edit that out. Uh, I'm just excited. Final. And then we get... It don't stop there. Right we back get into right the Premier in the, League. We get right into the Premier League. Lick my chops. Oh, my full, gosh. Full stadiums. Let's go. <sighs> when is it? I think it's like most Premier League. July like 18th or something like that. I think all all of them are allowed. I mean, that will obviously be start Premier League will be after that, so it doesn't matter. But still, Yeah, something like that. It's going to be amazing. Even the smaller stadiums with all the fans packed in. Yeah, I mean, even a team like Crystal Palace, their fans are insane. So yeah. Well, Leeds. We, we got all oh, Leeds. Allen Road is going to be hopping. We all love Leeds. We all love Leeds. We all love Leeds. Can't forget Carroll Road. <laughs> They're back. They're back. Um, the Canaries. So, 
yeah, until until the final, until the first official Premier League news roundup. Will it come home? <laughs> it's coming home. It's coming <laughs> home. It's coming. Football's coming home. <laughs>